0: awful i'm so ashamed i can't think oh listen so the audience was a tad restless what do you mean a tad restless oh my god i mean they hated me, me? No. oh they didn't you have a wonderful voice no i'm gonna quit no, i'm not gonna I'm... let you you have a great voice really do you think
1: so really yeah yeah it's well, terrific yeah you know something i never even took a lesson either hey listen listen what? give me a kiss. Really?
0: Yeah, why not? Because we're just going to go home later, right? And and, uh, there's going to be all that tension, you know, we never kissed before and I'll never know when to make the right move or anything. (laughs) So we'll kiss now, we'll get it over with, then we'll go eat, okay? Oh, We'll digest our food better. Okay. Okay, so now we can digest our food, okay? Yeah. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host Mike, and it's all about love in February, and we're kicking things off with one of my favorite romantic comedies, if you can even call it that. And before I begin, I, I got to talk about my relationship to this film, and in order to do that, I, I've got to take you on a journey. Uh, I got an arranged marriage, which which seems uh, quaint and, and frankly archaic. In, in uh, the modern landscape of romance, uh, you know th- there there was never any swiping left or right for me, no no sexually aggressive <laughs> Craigslist posting, uh, no DM <laughs> sliding, none of this modern stuff that I hear about that that uh, the young people today go through. And I do want to say that this arranged marriage was not forced upon me. I want to make that perfectly clear, you know, in case my wife ever listens to this. Um, It was really more my grandmother calling my parents, telling me that she had met uh, a wonderful family with a daughter of marrying age. And I received the girl's contact information, and we were off to see if it would be a good match. So it was really just my family setting me up with this other girl. Uh, so I a video and text chatted with my eventual wife for a period of about three months before meeting her in person. And that meant that I had to travel to India for a two-week trip to determine if she was indeed the person that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. Uh, no pressure. Uh, just a, you know, $1,000 round trip with the possibility of even more loneliness on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> uh, you know, what's what's awesome is that she actually came to meet me at the airport, and I thought that was very, very sweet of her. And on the car ride back, we, we were in the same car together. I, uh, she, she fed me potato chips. Uh, not unlike a lovely young maiden would to her pharaoh. I, I, I'm i obviously kidding, it wasn't anything like that It was more like she had a bag of chips And she was like, hey, do you want one? It was a Lay's and it was original flavor No fancy barbecue or anything Just just the OG And and she offered me one and I said yes And so she kind of put the chip near my mouth And I went in and ate it So Not the embellishment from a few seconds ago But nevertheless noteworthy In my small list of romantic encounters <laughs> um, The next day was our first real date and uh, we went to you'll be shocked by this we went to a movie Mike and there you go I, exactly but it, it actually wasn't quite as safe as I had wanted because it was a bo- mainstream Bollywood entertainment not one of Bergman's philosophical ruminations on on death and and, and yeah. the search for beauty and purpose <laughs>
1: yeah that's what gets the the passion the fires brewing
0: right there is... <laughs> good call <laughs> Nothing gets a woman more excited than asking her if she believes in God. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and I worried. I really was extrapolating quite a bit. I was like, oh, no, what, what if I don't like this movie and her tastes are completely different than mine? Am I going to look down upon her? Uh, and... Oh, you know, even beyond that, the the more important stuff, like what about sexual chemistry? Was I like I know I was attracted to her, but how did she feel about me? Was she just humoring me? Uh, Did did our potato chip ride from the airport mean nothing to this woman? Uh, You know, would I make the move? Am I allowed to make them? Do they make moves in India? I didn't see that on the declaration form at the airport. So I have no idea. I was really, really worried about everything and anything. And then it became clear to me, Mike, I thought back to my wealth of film knowledge, and I thought about Annie Hall, the film we're going to talk about today. And I was like, you know what? Everything I need to know is right there on those lips. And I told her, I was like, hey, I want to kiss you. Uh, We'd be thinking about it for the rest of the day uh, throughout the movie while we're eating, and and let's, let's just do it. And then we can – I didn't tell her that then we can digest our food. But I did say then we don't have to think about it and it will have been done. And that is exactly what happened. I, I kissed her and I knew right away. I was like this is the woman that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And my my trip to India uh, felt like it, it lasted s- barely a moment after that. Everything just flew by. I was back in the States. And and I realized the amount of red tape, government bureaucracy, and, and the, the visa paperwork that I would have to endure to bring her to the US and I began regretting all of it instantly, I regretting falling in love in that moment. But I will say that Annie Hall is a film that is very much tied to my first date and, and my the, the, the start of my marriage. Do you have a film where that you had to pull I you are you just you project a kind of confidence that I will never know. <laughs> <laughs> and and I can't imagine that you had to use a film or your extensive film knowledge in order to win over mm. any girl. But uh, I would like to – do you have any film that you put on a pedestal the way I do Annie Hall? It wouldn't be Woody Allen. I'll say
1: that because uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, very funny man. Uh, but a very distinct persona that I don't feel like I, I don't know. Is there like a Southerner that can have that sort of <laughs> nervous energy and, and it plays, it feels like it's, it's gotta be very, very New York sensibility. And that's, he's very prideful of that. Uh, um, no, I don't think I've had a go-to movie. I, I will actually, I'll go the opposite from you because I I'll, I'll date myself. And, uh, I worked at a video store when I was, uh, you know, first starting to have interest in, in women. I was, a, I was a sophomore in high school. I started that job and I worked at it throughout the rest of my high school days. <laughs> so I actually had the opposite. I got to hear from other young ladies that I would have you know, various levels of, of interest in at that time, what worked for them, what movies they liked, or the, the ones they would rent over and over. Ah. Uh, and, you know, as I said, dating myself uh, at that time, uh, not too far, maybe from Woody Allen, uh, The Wedding Singer was very popular. Uh, Adam Sandler and like Woody Allen made a lot of sort of you know very silly kind of stupid uh, comedies, different from probably the the demographic they were going for. But you know, I don't think a Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison was looked at it as like now there's the date night movie. And but The Wedding Singer was that sort of transition. Now he never fully tilted like Alan did to more serious theory. We've had glimpses of it, but I remember that one being very popular and I wanted no part of that. I'm not, I'm not knocking the film, <laughs> but basically the premise of that movie is he gets to befriend and be in the background, helping this woman he's falling in love with prepare her wedding while his life is falling apart, <laughs> and he gets occasional pats on the back, <laughs> like why in the world <laughs> would any man want to step into those shoes and basically say, "Bide your time, your life is going to suck until this point." When uh, who who was it? Who was the uh, was it Billy Idol? Who was the the pop star that helped Billy Idol? Out the, yes, yes, you know one in a million shot doc. I mean, you got to count on that as far as your grand gesture. No, I I don't think so. So I looked at things that I did not, you know, I did not want to emulate, uh, as far as that particular three act structure of life. Um, I will, I will say that, uh, we actually do have the, the very next episode will be the one that I most wanted my romantic life to be. (laughs) And after all of that wedding zinger hate, uh, our next film before sunrise starts with the man who gets the shit kicked out of him. The good thing is we don't see any of it. <laughs> this has all happened before <laughs> in the events of the film. So we don't have to relive it, I guess. Uh, so no, I don't, um, I don't have like a particular one that I probably have gone to or, or seen as, as influential, but I like you. I like the, I always like the idea of like, just, you know, just go, go to the movies and through that prism, Possibly, depending on the film, you know, if it's <laughs> one hour photo with Robin Williams, maybe not, maybe you're not gonna get a sense of <laughs> the romantic viewpoint of the world, but I do like the the sort of date night uh three act structure as far as a glimpse at who your possible partner um could be if it's gonna be simpatico. Let me say this about Annie Hall, though, yeah, so this is the first time my wife watched it, and she normally loves the like web picks. Boy, did she I'm trying to remember her words after it was over? She's like, I didn't dislike it. She goes, but I really dislike those two. She's like, I really disliked those two people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad they broke up <laughs> by the end. Like, I think it's for the best. <laughs> and you know what? Okay, I don't, I think the film would say that's how you're supposed to read it. That's uh, to me that this is the happy ending of Annie Hall. As it's two people that were very good for each other for a certain part of their life and then would have been progressively very bad for each other the longer it would have gone on. And the wistful and sort of adult way, by the very end of it, I mean, there, there are romantic theatrics from Woody Allen where he comes out to California and you know gets in multiple fender benders and just makes an ass of himself like, uh, that doesn't work. But when they do reunite in New York and they're on their path to you know different loves um it is sweet it is sweet that someone can have that sort of maturity uh, of saying this didn't work um but i i, I want I want something like that like it, when something like that comes along again, I'm not going to give up on it. That's how I take the ending i mean hes he puts it in the f- form of a joke saying that we all some of us all just need the eggs like yeah you know, we just we just put up with the insanity of love for that um but I'm not surprised that this would be part of your 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 playbook <laughs> because I, I do think <laughs> that you have that. Never, it cracks me up that you say that I exuding sort of confidence because internally, all I feel is self-loathing and mostly rage. I just, just, <laughs> is, I feel like I just walk around my life mostly angry. So I don't know if that comes across its confidence, but um, I think you definitely have a more sort of thoughtful outlook on life and maybe to your detriment sometimes that you're just like overthinking it. But I feel like you, one thing I admire about you is that you're, You're, like, fully engaged. Whatever you're into, you're, like, fully, fully into it, Uh, where my (laughs) quiet confidence is just disassociating from what's going on around me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting that you mention that the two characters are, 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 like, they're good for each other at that time. Like, I really like that because... The first person that I had truly strong feelings for that went beyond like, oh, man, I, I really would like to sleep with this person or, hey, I really find this other person attractive. It went – something that went beyond – she mentioned to me that my my mannerisms and, and – I hate to use this word, but wit reminded her of Woody Allen. And so I, I – like and that was very high praise to me. I was like I could never be as witty and, and – and, well, hopefully not as neurotic as, as a Woody Allen or Woody Allen character. But she proposed the idea that our friendship was, for the lack of a better word, ephemeral. And uh, we were friends and, and possibly more based on proximity and convenience. And I was like, I, I can't imagine that. I Like you said, I am kind of putting everything into the things that I appreciate and love. And I do, I absolutely do that. I think that's a very insightful and very accurate observation of me. And I was just so offended by the fact that she would have thought that I enjoyed her company or liked her because we were just put in a position where we spent a lot of time together. But now, far removed from that time, I have the space and I have enough uh, uh, time to really think about it and analyze that era of my life. I was like, she was absolutely right. And she was older than me. And so maybe that had something to do with it. And and that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that you get along with somebody – and you spend enough time with them then you know it's not going to last that's okay because those moments can shape and change you for the better for that next person if there is a next person and so uh, i watching this film again at this point in my life and it's it's evolving it really is putting me in a different place uh where where these two characters are at first i was very much uh, during a relationship. And now I'm very much after that. And I, I can't imagine it's ever going to become uh, less relevant to me. But it's interesting that your wife says that she didn't like she was just just to be clear it's not just me there is a fan base for this film like i'm not i'm not plucking something out of the air like this might be for you I, i'd like to think that um, <laughs> that that uh, a lot more people also enjoy any Hall. Uh, and in 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 again my defense i don't know why but i i feel i feel very defensive that i let your wife down uh for for a, a pick of mine she didn't have high hopes
1: with woody allen there um oh she um, she's, she's not particularly a fan. Uh, I, you know, I think she probably the films of his that she's liked the most are probably the ones where he's not in it. Uh, you know, Midnight in Paris, one she really likes and you have a, a version of Woody Allen with Owen Wilson. And we talked about, that's one of our more popular episodes, um, which I'm I'm grateful yeah. for cause I love that movie. Uh, Owen Wilson's sort of stoner dude, California surfer kind of vibe that sort of laid back nature that that bent on the nervous energy I think is more palatable uh to people than Woody Allen proper and and also just you know, um I think she was put off by uh his insistence on sex. Uh there's not any nudity from Woody Allen, but just seeing him in bed talking about he's getting out his red light bulb, I could see her like recoil <laughs> from the screen. <laughs> I don't know if that would have happened if Owen Wilson, not that Owen Wilson is Brad Pitt, but I don't think she would have been disturbed by the fact that this man does, you know, engage in such activities. Um, No, you're, I mean, you're totally right. Annie Hall. I mean, the only thing I might disagree with you about you, you seem to not want to define it as a rom-com. I would say it's probably on the Mount Rushmore of rom-coms. I I think that it is probably seen as like, okay, this is the peak of the genre. And there, you know, you could quibble about, you know, do you want to go with like Nora Ephron stuff or this, that, the other,
0: you know, but it's one of the greats. It, the reason I say that, by the way, is because it doesn't follow any kind of a, a three act structure. It seems it it's very much like jazz, almost Kafka esque, where uh, because the original cut of the film was like two hour and 15 minutes and it was cut down so that. The Annie and Albi relationship kind of is at the center, and there is enough space for experimentation and ruminations uh, on on whatever observation of life that that Woody wants to uh, discuss. Right. I mean, you do you start out with the fact that they are n- no
1: longer uh, together, and uh, usually you have the sort of <laughs> dueling banjos, I guess, of uh, when the quirks were fun and flirty and when they were tired and um self involved seeming, uh like, oh, we're just going back to <clears throat> back to your bits, but you're not really engaging uh, with me. Um I didn't enjoy this one as much as I did, and I think I used to have this one higher up in Alan's filmography. I used to say, okay, it's probably Annie Hall or something else, you know. Um and I think I've come to appreciate some of his other stuff much more as I've gotten older uh, so it's not that this this film is lesser than what it was. It's just that the more I've gotten into his filmography, um, I just I, those are the ones I go to. So it may not be on my personal Woody Allen Mount Rushmore, which I think would probably be blasphemy to to most people. Um, that is, if they were the sort that still wanted to engage in as much Woody Allen talk as you and I and apparently our <laughs> listeners listeners do. I'm also not the I'll admit not the world's biggest like Diane Keaton fan. I know she is like iconic in this. Like her same her fashion and her personality, like this is like a whole type here. Um it may have yeah, I'm not knocking her performance or character. It may have set the sort of standard for a lot of films that would happen decades later by people who probably watched Annie Hall over and over again for that sort of manic pixie dream girl, the one that is so quirky that is going to fix our very flawed male protagonist. The one, in fairness to the film, I like that um, she quickly sort of drops that facade, or the film does. Like, we we see her no longer. Like, I mean, one of the earlier sequences is her... Uh, you know, not only not wanting to engage in sex with him, but you know, she's she's looking for medication to basically knock herself out of this this existence <laughs> between the two of them. <laughs> so you know, it's not all it's not all just quirks. Um, until our hero completes his his hero's journey here, what I take I guess the most from it. Um, and I'll, I'll I'm interested in your viewpoint. Is it seems like. What I mean, and this is common in a lot of films where it's like the uh, you know, the tomcat who like finally you know settles down for a little bit. Uh, I don't, Woody Allen is not <laughs> Ron Gosling and crazy, stupid love, but um, <laughs> the ease with which they get together, um, I think there's an idea that people fall in love with as far as like you know, they they meet through other friends and they play uh, doubles, they play tennis together. Uh, and it's a conversation that if you're standing outside of it, it doesn't sound like <laughs> this is something where there's forward progression that oh, these two are going to get together. She makes a comment about him being the most Jewish person that she's ever, ever met. And you're like, oh, <laughs> sh- <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but in that same sequence, even though they're both fumbling and stumbling, you get the subtitles of what their internal monologue is and how they're both trying to say the right thing and failing because there's an attraction there. And I also think there's, they're falling in love with the idea of this is how people eventually fall in love. This just happened sense of meeting someone. That's one thing I'd forgotten about the film. And I really admire is that you are seeing two people kind of force something, but it makes you step back and think like, well, everything is forced. If you're like, it's just, if you meet a complete stranger and you're trying to figure out how do I see them again, there's manipulation there where you're, you're sort of dropping things that may insult you, like being the biggest Jew, Jewish person that someone's ever met. You may drop that. You just let that punch go by, uh, and then you start talking outside of your own interests, just trying to like basically keep their attention on you. Uh, I really admired that sequence. That's probably not the one that I think a lot of people. Uh, would go to. But this time around, um, I enjoyed the honesty. uh, Now that I'm not a stupid teenager, the honesty was which the film saw people chasing love in a way. And it's not in the stupid, like running down the street, like literally chasing someone that you've just treated like shit for two hours or Billy Idol showing up on a plane. It's real people like just trying to like, it's time for my life to have that like great love. That's basically what they're, they're both coming to like, it's time for something to happen. So I'm going to make it happen doesn't really work out but <laughs> like it's the
0: effort the effort is i think beautiful in, in annie hall in that regard and like i mentioned it's not meaningless just because it didn't work out doesn't mean that those experiences uh were worthless and and the film has plenty of those moments where you can point to and they have meaning to specific individuals like again the the this line i don't want to call it a throwaway line but it's not this big moment in the film where he's like hey i want to kiss you it's it's just a something quirky and idiosyncratic that happens but it has a lot of meaning for me because i was like that is such a great way to you're like i'm always about the uh, stewing in my own thoughts of, and overanalyzing every little thing what a great way to completely cut all of that tension and have that one thing that you're building up out of the way so you can digest your meal properly. And then there's uh, – the, the film is filled with this kind of um... – these These idiosyncrasies you've got the animated sequences you've got uh soliloquies breaking the fourth wall, like you mentioned the subtitles uh, of the their inner thoughts uh, are absurdist scenes that may or may never not even have happened uh where he lives underneath the roller coaster in Coney Island like I have no idea whether that's true or not, but it's very very charming uh, you've got archival footage from other films uh this is kind of a grab bag it's so manic and and somehow it all just really works and i can't describe it i can't describe how i can describe this film to somebody like oh uh, here's what you're in for I, I i either you go with it or you're not it's it's very much like bullet like it doesn't care about <laughs> what you want from a romantic comedy <laughs> i believe it, it said care. that at the
1: time this is the the rightful heir to steve mcqueen is mr allen out of brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> or Miss Keaton, I, I don't know. Um, what do you think of comparing it to other? Alan works the. Um, you know, you're talking about the the editing process, which I I had read a long time ago, and I want to look into more. Um, <clears throat> the fact that well, I guess was it more of like an ensemble by nature, like this was one part of Alvey's life, this this Annie Hall. Like I mean, it's it's completely, it's the whole bag here. Like I don't know much about his career other than he doesn't like to be recognized especially when he's uh late for a movie i understood that completely like you know he did, <laughs> he has to go in before it starts it's hard to get into it um do you know like were there other like sort of uh plot threads that they they got rid of just to focus on any or is it just more bits with like you know his friend that moves to
0: california and such it was more his observations and almost uh not 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 like his stand up but just uh, more asides—the way that you have uh, in the in the, well, they're going to see a movie and there's a line and he pulls the individual. You know, the, when, don't don't you wish life were really like this, where you can talk? I believe there's more of that, almost like sketch comedy-esque stuff. Mm. And the film needed to be more about the central relationship. And I believe that's like the forty-five minutes cut out. And which I'm, while well, at the same, like I would like to see that, but at the same time, I don't need it in my life. Like almost as just uh, Twin Peaks, uh, the Fire Walk with Me was very much like this, where there was this Holy Grail of ninety minutes that were cut out. And after I watched it all, I was like, "Oh wow, that really didn't need to be in the film." And fact, I'd take even more out to make Fire Walk with <laughs> Me even a more a streamlined film. Uh, but uh, that's a conversation for a whole another another time. Oh,
1: I'm I'm here for it. I, I love uh, two guys. Talking into microphones over Zoom, being like, "Here's what y'all do, Mr. Lynch, Mr. Allen. <laughs> let, me, let me fix this for you." <laughs> Decades right. after the fact, right? <laughs> so, I, I talked about uh, one of my favorite aspects was the two characters when they, the, yes, they were their version of meat cute. Uh, kind of trying to force it along like you know it's not going well for either one from you know their perspectives but they they make it happen um, do you find like I guess more comedic or tragic that after their uh, second breakup right because the first one doesn't really take even though uh, Alan beds Popeye's wife really, <laughs> really <got> <laughs> quickly <laughs> And then uh, her name you know. is Olive Oil. Gosh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> the lady from The Shining, right? <laughs> from that, also that great, you know, romantic comedy. In um, the second, I guess, more permanent uh, breakup, uh, there's the sequence where he is effectively uh, trying to relive uh, the lobster moment that is, you know, another sort of iconic scene. From That's Edinburgh. right, <laughs> and he's fully like, I mean. I took the first version of Diane Keaton as genuine. Like I buy it that he's genuinely not comfortable with, you know, he even says like with, with nature, like he's, you know, many times you got to live in a city. Like, um, you know, what are you going to do out there? Where, where are you walking to? Like, you know, if you're, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, if you're out in the countryside, there's no place to walk to. There's no final destination, but, um, the lobsters with Diane Keaton, it seems very natural. And it turns into this like cute moment between the two, this playful thing, um, then he's trying to do it again and it's like, did you question like, was he being authentic or just flirty with Keaton or like, cause now he seemingly has no problems like fighting with the lobsters, but he's, I guess he's looking for that engagement again. And I, <laughs> I love the, the female who's staying there just smoking and he, he makes a, a joke like, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I've just not been myself since I quit smoking. She goes, Oh, when, you know, when did you smoke? And he's like 16 years ago. And she just has a completely flat reaction to it. She's like, I don't understand. What 16 years? Are you joking? What is <laughs> this, just the, the sadness? Not only that, I guess he's failed as a comedian, but also has failed as like some sort of romantic. He's trying to create this moment again, but it's just not taking. And do you see that as like a. Uh, a main point that Alan's making about maybe men in particular, or this character, I guess, just trying to recreate like the same lover over and over again. Like, or there, is it something about, Oh, I was cool or kind of sexy in that particular moment. So let's see if it, it works again with this one. I'm not saying that uh, Alan is portraying himself as some sort of like pickup artist here, but it's like a version of that where it's like, let's see if the same thing results in this relationship. That's, that's now ended that I want back
0: yeah no i i don't i don't think that it was like a move oh here i'll pull the lobster on her and see if i don't think there's any of that i absolutely think that he's trying to relive rekindle the magic that was there and and i've actually i've tried to do that before as well it's like well this thing worked with this other girl what if i try something and it, it was absolutely sequence that spoke to me again like what i i hate sometimes i hate how relevant this movie is to me or how much of it, how much of I see myself in this, but I'm sure you'd rather be like, I see myself in bullet bullet is me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why can't I see more of myself in Gosling?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So please check out our Patreon, dear listeners, where you can hear how bullet is a fully realized version of Webb's life (laughs) as it is now. (laughs) It was once Alvy Singer, now he's Steve
0: McQueen. <laughs> I'm I'm really at odds. Like I'm kind of all over- it's a mess being in this head. It it really is. I can't tell you how many days I come home from crime scenes and slay next to my wife dead-eyed and just like, God.
1: <laughs> this is my life. I actually no, prefer no. that version as opposed to you coming home and She's like, God damn it, the lobsters again. He's just fucking around with the lobsters in the kitchen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I, I absolutely adore that sequence because it I, th- I think it's more universal than I'm making it out to be. We all want to relive the great loves that we perceive that, that we've lived and that's ultimately what he's doing and there's nothing sadder and also funny it's both it is like you mentioned is a tragedy or a comedy it's both is a very it's two sides of the same coin where the person's reaction is just one of complete apathy we're like this isn't doing it for me if it is indeed what you're try- if you're trying to elicit a response <laughs> <laughs> it, this it's not happening and th- that's what the film is like i i, I love that uh, and again, while we do put it up on this mountain rush more uh, of of romantic comedies, the reason that I almost hesitate to do so is like I think it's above that. I think it transcends Mount Rushmore. Like, you don't have to put a monument to any hall. It stands on its own. It'll always be spoken about with, with the kind of reverence, at least, you know, from from, from uh, cinephiles, for the most part. I was going to if you actually know, had if, a,
1: you know, literal or physical monument, it would have been
0: torn down. <laughs> <Fun> <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> Nobody wants a giant Woody Allen had carved into the side of any building <laughs> in 2023, <laughs> except maybe Trilogy. In theory, we I guess I guess we would be okay and with. And our it.
1: subscribers <laughs> numbers look beautiful every time there's an Allen joint. <laughs> <laughs>